Today, I'm just going to give you an overview, put some things out. Um, 20 years ago, we adopted uh, 10 core values as a church, 10 statements that would serve as guiding principles for our ministries. And those 10 core values are or include the leadership of the Holy Spirit, that we must be led by the Spirit of the living God, that we, we quench not the Holy Spirit by refusing the Word, or we grieve not the Spirit because of unconfessed, undealt with sin. Uh, the undergirding of prayer. Prayer is essential. Prayer is a means by which we are refreshed and encouraged and are filled with the reality of the living God. The authority of the Bible. We want to be Bible-saturated, Bible-centered people who love the Word of God and, and who hold to the tradition that says the Scripture alone is our authority. Developing a Christian mind, thinking Christianly in a, in a culture that in many ways is, is departing from any type of Christian thinking. We've got to labor and think and, and ponder how to think Christianly and to, to live Christianly. Evangelism and missions. We believe the gospel must go out. We believe there's no other name given among men by which we must be saved other than the name of Jesus Christ. So we take the gospel here and across the street and into the nations of the world so people can hear. Therefore, every member in ministry, every child of God has been gifted by the Holy Spirit, the body of Christ. We are a community of brothers and sisters who walk in fellowship with one another. We believe the importance of the family. You know, when we adopted that 20 years ago, we had no idea that in the year 2017, the family as defined by the living God in the Bible would be under attack in an unprecedented fashion. But it's our responsibility to stand up and say, we believe that God has made us male and female and that gender is part of the goodness of God's creation and that God defines marriage as a man and a woman in a covenantal relationship and all other sexual activity outside of that is not under the blessing of God. This is who we are. And that's lived out in an environment of grace and mercy and forgiveness and brotherhood. And we, we walk with each other and we weep with those who weep and we rejoice with those who rejoice. So those are nine. But, but unless we get the first core value right, the other nine crash. Because the first core value holds everything together. The first core value is the focus of all of the scripture. The first core value is what we are about day after day and week after week. The first core value is our hope throughout eternity. And that is a passion for the person and work of Jesus Christ. We've got to be centered on Christ. We've got to be people who are passionate about who the Lord is and what he's done. And so part of the first core value says this, Jesus Christ is the center and circumference of the Christian faith. Our primary message will be Christ's redemptive work upon the cross as our substitute, purchasing our pardon by his blood and rising victorious over death. Or as the Baptist faith, the message says in the last sentence of the first article, all scripture is a testimony to Christ who is himself the focus of divine revelation. So this morning, I just, in this first worship service in this sanctuary, as we are thankful for this facility, and next week we'll have our contemporary worshipers and a new worship center that they'll experience and home for them. As we think about worship and who we are, I just want to talk about the supremacy and the glory and the wonder of Christ out of the book of Hebrews. 
the book of Hebrews is written to a group of people who, who are beginning to kind of go back, maybe withdraw, maybe not be as wholehearted as they had been. And so the writer of the book of Hebrews is, is pushing them and prodding them to go forward and to be, be people who understand the greatness of Christ and to not minimize the greatness, but to rejoice in that. And, and so in, in, in Hebrews, he says this, verse 1, the law is only a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities. And the law, the sacrificial system, can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. You see, the, the Old Testament sacrificial system foresignified what Jesus would do on the cross. So when they sacrificed animals, especially on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, one day a year, when they sacrificed, they were looking forward to the coming Messiah King and what he would do to take away the sin of the world. And so the Old Testament is a shadow of what was to come. Verse 3, these sacrifices are only a reminder of your sins. Verse 4, it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away your sins. 